woods can be a scary place. But there may be something scarier still. What's more frightening? More bone chilling than what one person is capable of doing to another person. Join us on this mini-sode as we talk about a true crime, a true criminal, with your hosts, Jeremy, Jonathan, and Peter of the Strange Woods Podcast. Welcome to Bodies in the Woods. What's up, you sick f**ks? <laughs> That's one way to start. <laughs> Our best conversations happen when we're not recording. Like like the, the first time we did this. Yeah, I. here's the thing. I don't even know how to introduce it a second time. I did it so good the first time. <laughs> it's like uh, that, that Tenacious D song, Tribute. Yeah, it's just a tribute. There's nothing like it, the original. <laughs> we could remember the greatest song in the world. <laughs> we have the greatest podcast what if, in the world. What if we just did this episode as... We already did this episode, but we can't find it, and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, what do you think I'm going to bitch about? <laughs> well, I don't think we have to have a bitch for, uh, for the minisodes. No, I don't think so. Yeah. So Brandy must be listening to me. Um, she just said, get it started. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I guess you can hear me in the other room. And she's replying. So she asked, she must be. And they tell her a minor business. Oh, but yeah, like I was saying, like, well, I guess, I don't know. She said, just thinking about Jonathan's mom. <laughs> she's asleep, right? <laughs> no, no, yeah. She's sitting in the, they're just all sitting in the living room. She's actually sitting in the chair next to Jonathan with a very disappointed look on her face. This is our third mini-sode format called Bodies in the Woods. We've actually recorded this episode already, but... According to Jeremy, anyway. I'm telling you, we recorded it. So our first one is going to be about a guy that they call the Monster of Dusseldorf or the Vampire of Dusseldorf. Um, he was also called the King of the Sexual Perverts by a forensic scientist investigating his crimes. Um, he was a sexual sadist serial murderer, and he achieved sexual gratification at the side of blood and death. So that's what we're going to be getting into on this mini-suit. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, randomly throughout the episodes, I just dab by myself in my computer desk. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nerd. I got issues, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So his name is Peter Curtin. Not like the curtains you hang in your room, but they probably should hang him because he's a uh, pretty shitty guy. So, you know me, I can't pronounce nothing. So when I typed it in, I didn't, I thought I spelled it wrong at first, but no, Google just puts two little dots above the U. So I'm trying to figure out how the hell you pronounce that. It's a new probably, one. Probably Dussel. If I had to get, I have no idea. No, for Peter Kooten. Kooten. Oh, it, oh, yeah. If it has the umlauts, I think it is a like a U sound. So it might be Kooten. Kooten. Yeah, I, I can't I say that. But when I Googled him, I was like, oh, no, you just ruined my childhood, sir. Because the vampire of Dusseldorf 
And then I was like, no way. So I'm looking and Dr. Doofenshmirtz. What? I'm not Do- fully. Oh, Doofenshmirtz? No. Yeah, he- Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Hold on. Is he from Dusseldorf? Who are you talking about? Holy shit. Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz. He's from Drusselstein. Okay, never mind. What what is oh Phineas and Ferb? Okay, that's that's yeah, he's from. the main he's the main bad guy from Phineas and Ferb. Oh, I was, I, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. I've never <laughs> once watched Phineas and Ferb. Me either, but I recognize the uh, cartoon style. Well that's oh. the greatest new cartoon they have. <laughs> I refuse I refuse to touch Google on this episode. Well, that's your problem. I won't have uh, anything to talk about. <laughs> So a little bit, uh, a little bit of background on him. Um, he was born in Germany in 1883, and he's the oldest of get this 13 children. That's a lot of kids, honestly. So I don't remember this fact from before, but that really bothers me. Him being the was- oldest of 13 children and being the absolute sexual deviant that he is. Uh, but then again, if you keep reading, oh, you're going there. Oh yeah, that sucks. That sucks. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Well, then again, he he was apparently physically and sexually abused by his father. So I'm sure the other children were that, you know, that's just a whole screwed up childhood for 13 kids. And it's really sad. Well, I mean, maybe this dude was insane, not only from his dad and his upbringing, but if I had 12 other siblings. Yeah. But as we'll talk about in a second, he started pretty early. I doubt there were very many siblings at this point. Because at the age of nine, he started working with a local dog catcher and he started torturing animals at that point. And later on, as an adult, he actually confessed to uh, drowning two of his playmates at the age of nine. Like at the time, they they knew about the kids' deaths. They ruled it as accidents. But come to find out, he had actually killed them. He drowned them. Yeah. You want to talk about an absolute narcissist? Like you drown your friends and they call it an accident. You're like, oh no, no, that, give me that credit. <laughs> well, he didn't do it right away. That was after he got caught and as an adult. Uh, oh, oh, so he he confessed l- later as an adult. Yeah, yeah. So as an adult, he confessed to that uh, to those murders. Okay. So he's like, I want all that credit now that you caught me. Yeah, yeah. And then apparently, um, when he was. How old would that be? 22. It took me a second to do the math. 22, yeah. In 1905, he was drafted into the military for, and I'm bad at history, but I think that's World War One, right? 19. That would have well, had to have been. It should be, yeah. Because if they were drafting at that point, it's got to be the start of World War One or something. But it doesn't matter because he deserted, so he went to jail. <laughs> um, yeah, this is actually, odd. I feel like this person wouldn't have deserted because he would have got off on killing the enemies unless he was afraid to die himself. I don't know. Yeah, he's probably a big wuss. Too scared to serve his country. He'd rather just go do uh, things he wanted to do, I guess. So actually, can we backtrack a little bit? Because I do remember reading about this and I don't see it in my notes. It's just from memory. Um, I'm pretty sure he realized about his like sexual gratification from harming others is when he was young and he was while he was torturing an animal. I believe he was like choking a dog and then like stabbed it in the neck with something and then realized that got got him very excited downstairs. Yeah, I think what you're talking about, um, you know, bestiality in while killing it. And I think that's what got him off. That's. Perhaps, but I know it was like as soon as he killed it and saw the blood, like it got extra exciting for him. Yeah. 
I don't think bestialitying is the proper word it's there. It's not, but I, <laughs> I didn't want to say f***ing an animal, but I guess I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> or raping an animal, I guess the correct term. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I would say that's the proper word there. But yeah, so he apparently had a five-year crime spree after he moved to Dusseldorf in 1925. And he repeatedly kidnapped, raped, strangled, bludgeoned, and stabbed women and children. After killing one child, he actually sent a anonymous letter to the newspaper telling them exactly where to find the body. Because I guess, yeah, he just, he wants the attention. Oh yeah, no, dudes. I don't know if you noticed, he, the guy has issues. Yeah, yeah, he has issues. More issues than Cosmo. What? The uh, I mean, that just blows my mind that the... Like the magazine, Jeremy. Yeah. The magazine. Oh the, God. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> that's something that's never stopped, though. Him sending a letter into the newspaper. I mean, these guys that do shit like this are just like, oh, you know, I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say. The, well, the modern the recognition they seek. Yeah, the modern equivalent is like, you know, school shooters because they know they're going to be immortalized on the news. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like the Zodiac Killer, he sent in letters. The, the there was other. There's another one I can't think of. Was the Zodiac the Killer the one who wrote the letter to the police and was like, "Hey, if I send you like this floppy disk file with like the body's locations, can you track that?" And then the IT specialist at the FBI was like, "Uh, no." And then they just straight up tracked him and caught him. No, it wasn't that because they never caught the Zodiac. Okay, then it must have, it was somebody that did that. The Zodi- yeah, the Zodiac. But that's just, that's yeah. that's pretty smart. I like that. Like, no, we can't track you. Go ahead, send it to us. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> God, who was it? <laughs> I can't look it up. That was Golden State, wasn't it? Uh, no, he did get caught though. Um, they they caught him. He was pretty old at that point. Serial killer. It was a serial killer. Yeah, it, it's a very popular one. No. My wife knows all about it. Oh, BTK. Yes. BTK. Yeah. Yes. He yeah. made the mistake of switching from paper to a floppy disk. Wow, what a douchebag. <laughs> I mean, he just says comes from a not understanding the latest technologies and how you can be tracked through whatever. So I don't even understand it, but yeah, he definitely would have answered like scam emails <laughs> and gave away all of his money. Oh, damn. That shows our age. He was caught in 2004, uh, the BTK killer. Um, so in 2004, they were using floppy disks. And yeah, that makes sense because we were using those for our like English class. Oh, that, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have brought floppy disks to school, like to the library to save <laughs> Word documents and stuff. Yeah. And, and not to get off topic too much, but in college... I'm this. In college, I actually bought a uh, flash drive when they first started coming out. It was 512 megabytes, and I'm pretty sure I paid 70 bucks for it. I feel like I had Oregon Trail on floppy disk. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, you would have. It originally came out on that format. I think I had Oregon Trail on floppy, and I want to say maybe Bomberman. Was Bo- I feel like Bomberman was a CD. Maybe it was. Um, did, did we like have three or four of us playing on one keyboard. <laughs> Bomberman, yeah. That was, I don't understand how that's possible now. I'm looking at a keyboard and my big hands, I'm like, no. It was probably WASD, JKLI, and then the arrow keys. Yeah. If I had to guess. Because I wanted to say, it would have been, 
you know, us three and maybe sometimes like Conley when he'd come over would play with us. But I don't know. That's a long time ago. I don't remember. Way back. I've never had another version of Bomberman like that. It was a good game, honestly. That used to be my one of my favorites. Anyway. Yeah, this anyways, five year crime spree. <laughs> Who are we talking about again? <laughs> Not BTK, though, although yeah. we got derailed there. So back to Peter so, Curtin, the vampire of Dusseldorf. Um, his preferred weapons were scissors and hammers. And uh, the reason they called him the vampire of Dusseldorf is they he uh, he would drink their blood sometimes. So, like, yeah, I guess he just enjoyed drinking blood. Yeah, something about blood really got the dude off. And I'd be curious because you know how like a lot of serial killers like to keep little tokens or you know memorabilia from their kills. Like, do you think the dude like kept in like vials of blood or anything like that and would just like sniff them and relive those murders? It's possible. I mean, he might have done like Dexter and uh, do the glass slides. Oh, could have been. When we talk about people that are this heinous, like I almost don't know if my brain can fully comprehend what can be possibly going through their minds. Like when y'all are talking about keeping souvenirs and all I can think is maybe this dude literally thought that by drinking their blood, he captured part of their soul and was like, yeah, I'm the ultimate killer. Like, I don't think it was anything to do with that. I think it was just, he has a few wires crossed in his brain and blood of other living things was something that he enjoyed for some reason. Over time, they, uh, you know, he was doing his five-year crime spree and the police weren't really able to get enough evidence to take him in until about 1930 when uh, he accidentally let a victim escape that led them to his apartment, which is very similar to what happened with Dahmer. Yeah, if you're a, a serial killer, you, you can't let a victim escape. That's No, no. It's not I mean, going to work Luckily, he did. You know, probably a lot more dead people. Fortunately for, for all of society, it is a good thing. Um, but from his point of view, it was a blunder. Yeah. And go figure, um, when he went to trial, he pled insane, um, which I would be inclined to probably agree, but they apparently found him legally sane and able to stand trial. Uh, so, you know, it didn't really work out for him. That's always something that really, I don't know how to consider that properly. Cause like clearly anybody who kills this many people is insane. But I guess not. Well, the legal <laughs> definition, though, you know, it it's not that they're not insane in the way that they did these crazy things, but they know that it was wrong to do. Yeah. You know, so by knowing that it was wrong, you can hold them accountable. Yeah. You know, if if you killed somebody and you're like, what? Well, why am I in trouble for that? You know, like legitimately, then you might be more inclined to get away with it or at least not criminally charged, but he was convicted of nine murders, confessed to dozens more, and um, he was convicted of seven counts of attempted murder. So he did, he did a lot of, uh, a lot of shit. <laughs> he, he did a lot in five years. I'm a bit convi- like concerned for him and his abilities. Like that many just attempted, like he, he didn't succeed. Was he a, like his batting average was kind of low, honestly. Well, he was probably too worried about the sexual gratification from it rather than, you know, completing the, the He may thing. not have cared about actually killing them. You know, he just he just wanted to see him bleed. Yeah, I mean, he he's just a sadist. I don't think he necessarily wanted to I mean, not wanted to, but 
you know, he wasn't worried about whether he finished the job. He was trying to get his. Yeah. Yeah. There's another guy that is very similar to this. I'm sitting here trying to remember his name. He's, I believe he's actually from Canada. And if I figure it out, we'll have to touch on him because some of the same kind of just sexual gratification with these murders ties these two guys together, which I, again, just the brain chemistry, what's going through somebody's head during this. I just, I can't wrap my head around this. This one's yeah getting a little hard for me in that situation, but I was looking at it with the confessed to dozens and the convicted of nine and seven attempted, like y'all said, that's basically one to two murders a month. Well, for, well, that's per year. Never mind. <laughs> the, uh, you know me, I'm not mathing over here. No, but I mean, it's still a lot. Like, that's a lot of... Yeah, it's still a and lot. Yeah. who's to say he uh, confessed to everyone? You know, he might have forgot about some. Maybe this is a question for the judicial system, but if he confessed to dozens, but he was only convicted of nine, why wasn't he convicted of dozens of murders? Well, you got to have proof to convict him. I mean, a confession? Is that not proof enough? Like, yeah, I did it. That person, I did that. No, I mean, even even with a confession, you know, it could be false confessions for attention. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have to be able to prove it. Otherwise, they can come back and, you know, say, well, they, they wrongly put me in jail. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, because there's other um, false confessions that's come from more modern uh, criminals. Right. And in the end, he ended up getting uh, sentenced to death by beheading, which he eagerly went to uh, in 1931, calling it his ultimate thrill, which... You know, that that tracks. That sounds like something this guy would probably be, be into. I, so I have mixed feelings about that. Like, essentially, in the end, he got what he wanted. So he was rewarded for those years yeah. of his just horrible behavior. I think they should have went with like an ice pick lobotomy and just let him just sit in a corner for the rest of his life, not enjoying life. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not considered humane, I guess. I mean, this guy wasn't exactly humane. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I agree with that. Yeah. We don't need to treat some of these people humanely when they haven't treated dozens of others humanely. Well, fun fact, um, you can actually see his head because they kept the head, bisected it. Um, they sliced it open like a, uh, uh, how would you describe that? Like a taco shell? <laughs> um, and it's on display at a Ripley's, believe it or not, museum in Wisconsin. Um, they did forensic analysis on his brain and no abnormalities were found to uh, that would be a reason for his behavior. Hmm. So he was perfectly normal is what they're trying to tell us. Well, I guess physically. And I guess what I don't know is when you do a forensic analysis like that, I mean, does that check like how your hormones and, you know, brain chemicals were playing around true while you were alive? I don't know, I guess what their technology as far as forensics were. I mean, he was also, he was killed in what, 1931. So, I mean, I'm sure they had very limited medical knowledge to say one way or the other anyway. Yeah. You know, back then. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's the vampire of Dusseldorf. He's a very punchable face. Yeah, yeah. Although it, it may crumble at this point if you punched it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a pretty grotesque picture. I don't really care to look at it. Did you... um? I think I've asked you this before. Did you uh, ever see like the Body Worlds exhibit that pops up at like museums and stuff like that? I've seen it. Um, I never actually went to it. Okay. I'm not sure that I would like it. 
they're like very very interesting it would be cool but at the same time uh, i think i would find it disturbing it does give you the heebie-jeebies a little bit yeah yeah i think it would definitely give me the heebie-jeebies but uh hopefully everybody uh enjoyed this minisode and uh we'll keep doing them every other every other week between full episodes so yeah look forward to doing more i think these are fun i guess uh we'll say bye and we want to the next yeah uh bye bye i guess